Hey everybody, we'll be starting the show in about 20 seconds, but uh, as always, we appreciate it if you comment below the live stream. We'll put your comments on screen so you can interact with us. we got a great show today. We're talking with the great Steve Gillespie, uh, uh, Minnesota-based comic, or he was a Minnesota comic, now he lives in Colorado, and he's bringing a really cool show to the area uh, called The Dose Psychedelic Comedy Show, which Maggie's going to be talking about with him today. So we'll start very shortly. Hello, hello. Welcome to Minds on Mushrooms, where we're unveiling the magic behind psychedelics for mental health and addiction. I'm your host, Maggie Kirkwood, and I am so stoked. Today, my guest is comedian Steve Gillespie, and he is here. Well, we're here to talk about um, his, it's called The Dose, which is a psychedelic comedy show. Um, and we're going to hear all about it, um, ideas behind it, and where they're touring, and all that jazz. So, welcome, Steve. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello, Maggie. Am I? Oh, there I am. Hi. <laughs> you're there. You're there. Um, yeah, I made it. How you are in Denver, Colorado, right now? That's correct. How's, yeah, that's correct. How's the weather? I feel like it's crazy everywhere. All uh, it's been. Re- yeah, it's been really nice the last couple of weeks. We've been in about the 60s, um, so it's been great. Yeah, it's been really nice. We had a cold, cold snap when everyone else had it, and then since then it's been, been very nice. I've been getting outside a lot. Well, lucky you for some stability there. Um, yeah, yeah, I have a, uh, I have this. Uh, this is a wood burning stove right here, so that's like the one thing that's cool about. Oh the wow, that is super. Yeah. sweet. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's an old house, so it's doesn't have very good insulation so that's handy very handy well good and thank you so much for joining um this is just pretty huge for me because i've been um checking out some of your work and i saw you were on conan and amazon prime um mm-hmm. how long have you been doing your your gig uh yeah i've been um Stand up for about 18 years now and full time for like 15. So I've been just basically tuning around nonstop for the last, yeah, almost 15 years. Wow. So uh, <laughs> I like, Gabe's got a little, uh, you got a little, problem a little animation going. I love it. You're bragging about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I've been doing it for quite a long time. And yeah, I mean, I've done a few TV things and, just keep kind of making albums and grinding away at it and coming up with different projects and things to work on. So can I toot his horn, yeah. Maggie? Since I, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So Toodle. Steve is one of the best comic. He's like a comics comic. If you like, like actual, like not cornball shit. Um, <laughs> I think like you'll like his comedy. He's one of my favorites around and, and like it's adult content, obviously, cause we're adults and, uh, but yeah, no, absolutely one of my favorites personally, and I've been around it my whole life. So yeah, he's great. Yeah, I I, I appreciate that, Gabe, because I have a lot of respect for Gabe as a comic as well. And uh, yeah, I think that um, kind of true to true to form in Minneapolis, especially when we were coming up, where we were um, you know focused on talking about some real things, heavy things, and uh, yeah, kind of been sticking true to that, at least trying to. Oh, I love that. That's so great. Um, let's talk a little bit about, so 
You consider yourself a connoisseur of psychedelics. Is that correct? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, well, that's I guess I... <laughs> I've described myself. Yeah, yeah. That's um, what I was reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I have a fair amount of experience probably over the last, you know, 15 years or right around there. I've been... <laughs> Um, I thought they were talking about like, the of... experience. Like, yeah, oh, I've been put in fifteen years, pretty heavy drug use. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve is the one who introduced it... me to DMT, by the way. So mm-hmm. I got to give him that. Let's remember, it's yeah. medicine. It's medicine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, it can be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to hear. Did you? You know, my story is psychedelics completely changed my life and helped me with my battle with depression and alcohol. And is there anything, have you had any kind of eye-opening or life kind of changing experiences with psychedelics or how have you know, talked to me about that? Yeah, I definitely have. Um, you know, I'm not sure it's like a, well, this specific thing happened at this specific time. It's been more of kind of a slow burn i would say of um you know it kind of started when i was younger and i was on uh antidepressants and things like that for depression and not really understanding that whole world and not really understanding what i was getting into and having a lot of being naive and um kind of looking for a quick fix and just not you know mental health not really being something that was talked about a lot in my family when i was growing up and just kind mm-hmm. of shoved over there under the rug and take a pill you'll be fine that whole thing mm-hmm. and then when i started um you know they put me on ritalin when i was a young kid you know i was like nine or ten when they put me on ritalin and just all kinds of things that i think really what the actual problem was was anxiety and then that anxiety pretty much being untreated and on um diagnosed and not really acknowledged or understanding it that kind of turned into depression um, and then just, yeah, just not really having much of a sense of who I was and what this was as far as existence is concerned. And that kind of all flipped on its head when I started to use psychedelics on a more regular basis and then in heavier trips, um, those things really started. I got off psychedelic, I got off, um, antidepressants and SSRIs, mm. um, yeah, that was that was probably the big, 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 big thing that happened was, you know, I was on Zoloft and Citalopram and SSRIs for almost 10 years. Oh, wow. And I didn't, I mean, now you can't really get off that stuff full turkey, but it slowly was able to get myself off that stuff and really get on a healthier path as far as my mental health was concerned. And I do, I'm not saying that psychedelics is all of it, but um, yeah, I think it, put the groundwork it, it changed the the way that i was identifying with my egoic mind um and i don't even think i really even recognize that until maybe <laughs> a good five six seven years into doing psychedelics but i think that's kind of been the process gotcha. i think with psychedelics what's happening i think this is what's happening is that <clears throat> it is kind of taking you out of the process of your in the structure of your mind that your mind has built mm-hmm. around your own personality, your own ego. And it takes you out of that. Um, you know, some people try to call it an ego death. I'm not so sure it's that, but it at least gives you space between 
what that is and who you actually are. And I think that's really key when it's coming to mental health or dealing with trauma. So um, true. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. And just to back up, I think, um, well, I get a lot of questions um, from people who are currently taking SSRIs or antidepressants. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they they, they want to ask me, well, how, you know, <laughs> how should I wean or how should I, you know, and obviously I have zero answers, um, not being a doctor or anything. But would you be maybe open kind of talking about that process for you and, and what it looked like? And um, just if there's anyone yeah. listening that because I it's honestly asked so often and I think people are actually scared to ask their doctors in some cases, you know. Yeah. I mean, they I should. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah. I mean, definitely <laughs> as far as I know, as far as my own experiences, which is really all I can you know, yes only you that, um you know trying to go off cold turkey on that stuff was was painful and difficult and yeah not I'm, and i'm thinking a lot of cases unhealthy um so that you know it just kind of became you know i didn't really even i kind of had a distrust with doctors uh as mm-hmm. far as when it comes to meds and just the whole you know big pharma, all that. And so I kind of just did it on my own, did my own research, but just figured out how to slowly wean myself off of it and try to lessen those uh, side effects of, of you know, of sure. the withdrawals, basically. And so I was getting a lot of like brain zaps. I don't know if you've ever heard anything like that. Mm. But that's one of the common things that people have when they stop taking their SSRIs. It's like this kind of electrical shock feeling that you have oh, wow. when you like <laughs> if you move a certain way or um, sometimes it, you're not even moving. Sometimes you, you just get these weird like mm. electrical brain shocks that go through your body. It's really uncomfortable. Mm. Um, that would be. So it's so sort of yeah. scary. I mean, um, I guess good for you for, you know, figuring it out for what worked for you but i mean that takes a lot of courage to you know realize that you might want something and not know the safest or you know easiest way to get to it so um yeah and i mean at the time of that in my life too it was a pretty reckless uh stretch of my life so i mean that's when i was first starting to get into psychedelics i would just i would say that i was pretty reckless with it and um kind of really not looking at it as like a mental health sort of thing and more looking at it like I was trying to basically just enhance the central pleasures of my I was trying to get high right um and I kind of that evolved and as I got deeper and deeper into it and kind of battling my own mind structures of my mind coming into contact with some more spiritual entities beings whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. that kind of started to really flip my perspective on what this stuff was and what it could be used for um love it and yeah hearing about that became much more spiritually inclined um so it's really it's been quite a journey really that sounds so wonderful and pretty um i have a similar you know similar story to tell so i i it's special to hear yeah. it from um other people um and make me feel a little bit more grounded maybe like oh i'm not just tripping out <laughs> you know because it's, it's so many um special things and experiences um mm-hmm. and and you know 
the whole spiritual realm too. I, I've never been that type of person or believer, and um, now I am. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I know it's not super fun, um, but maybe we could get more fun and funny. <laughs> I wanted to. I want to hear about, um, you know, your ideas behind this, the dose, and kind of creating this experience for for people. How did that all start? Yeah, I have been for a while. For a while, I've been wanting to combine the world of comedy and psychedelics because there are there. Are, I mean, let's just face it: there are people who are going out to party, they're going out to clubs, they're going out to festivals. They're, people are using psychedelics in a social setting. It's happening. It's yeah. not going to stop. Um, so I have been doing comedy more and more in festival settings where people are on psychedelics. And then I started to experiment with myself, uh, doing psychedelics while I perform and I was having a blast and I was really enjoying the connections that were happening. I felt like a deeper connection with the audience. Um, there was just a lot there to explore and I just, just made me excited to try to, facilitate a space where comics and the audience feel safe to experiment if they so choose. Mm -hmm. um, like we don't provide anything for anybody. There's no selling of anything going on, but Correct. we are bringing comedy to spaces where people are already doing psychedelics. And that's, that's kind of the, how we're pitching it. And that's what, what the show is. Um, so yeah, we just started doing it we just put it together and we've we've done a few of them and they've been really popular and fun and um it's a different kind of show that's that's really all i can say you kind of gotta yeah come see it for yourself it's not you know i think some people who maybe aren't as experienced with psychedelics um think that it's like this whole wild crazy everyone's really fucked up sort of mm -hmm. vibe and that's <laughs> that's not really the case you know it's it's people are definitely in an expanded um conscious state yeah but people are respectful people are respectful of each other and we all kind of know that we're in this together and and it's up to us to set the vibe so right um yeah well i love that do you is it uh do you have any like visual meaning like graphics going or is it mainly just comedy based yeah. and yeah yeah we we build the room um we set up the room to be kind of a, a definitely a trippier vibe um the one we do in denver is at an art gallery slash rave space where they have all of the you know lasers and all the stuff and they have it has beautiful art all around the space and um yeah that's really cool and and we're, we're working on it too we're building and more uh getting things more put together where we can travel with a uh, a set that we can bring in to pretty much anywhere we go. So lights and backdrops and all that. And then we do have a, a DJ as well. We have a house DJ that plays leading up to the show. And then he or he, she usually it's a she we have a, but she's not gonna be able to make it to the Minneapolis one. So we have okay. a fill in. Um, but Hey, he's going to be in this case, uh, he'll be on stage as well. Um, doing a little bit of interacting with with the comics in the crowd but and then we have the dj play after the show as well that's so fun um, yeah it's very fun how many people do you usually expect just curious are there yeah uh i mean we've been getting about we try to keep it right around 100 oh, we, cool. okay. we 
think that that's a good number for us to be able to kind of keep things in balance as far as you know what's going on right um it would feel like if it gets too much we're just not really ready for that quite yet but we'll see um but yeah that's where we're trying to keep it right around 100 people i'm so excited for that so you guys are coming you have a show out in seattle i believe it's february 22nd maybe yep yeah, we're in February 22nd in Seattle at the Crocodile. Um, it's like a bigger venue. So they have um, a few different venues within the Crocodile. And the one that we're performing in is called Hereafter. That's on February 22nd. Uh, shows at 9 o'clock. We have a great uh, a great lineup already set for that. We have some huge comics coming in. We got Bo Johnson and we have Josh Johnson, who's been on Dave The Daily Show. Um, Bo Johnson's been all over TV. We have uh, Andrew Rivers who's a Christopher Titus's opener and we have Alyssa Yeoman. She's super funny. So we're really pumped for that show. We've already sold quite a few tickets. Um, and yeah, then we are in uh, Minneapolis on March 9th at Sisyphus. We have some of the best comics in Minneapolis coming to do the show. Very excited. We got Mike Lester. Um, we have Gabe's going to do a set. Oh. We have, God, I can remember everybody. Um, Ebenezer, he's coming down. We have Ryan Call and uh, what's that one kid's name? I can't think of his name. Aiden, Aiden uh, McCuskey, I think his name is. He's super, yeah, he's he's won the AFME's Funniest Person Contest. So we it's going to be a good night. All right. And we were um, <clears throat> speaking of, camera um you had talked to me or told me that you at one point facilitated uh it was it a retreat a psilocybin retreat yeah yeah a few and different the, times uh in jamaica yeah i want to mm. hear more about that please <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh, a really cool experience um so basically i just threw some people um that I, they just were comfortable with my level of um, experience with psychedelics. So they felt comfortable enough for me to come down and work with them and help uh, facilitate their guests that come. So basically the retreat is a uh, psilocybin retreat is they come, people come for about 10 days. Um, it's a full inclusive uh, resort that on the beach that they get to stay in. So all their food is cooked for them and, they have really nothing to do or worry about other than to focus on their experience. Um, is, this, so is, it, we, is it actually called the retreat? No, it's called a uh, micro meditations. Oh, okay. I knew, I knew of another one in Jamaica. I think it's called the retreat. I didn't mean to cut. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a few of them down there. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of like an all inclusive experience for people. Yeah. So people usually it is about, I think when I did them, there was maybe somewhere between 15 and 20 guests. And then there was um, at least 10 facilitators, if not more, if I remember correctly. And there's a nurse on staff and some um, therapists as well. Okay. And basically do three trips throughout the week. So, and then there's just a lot of integration work mm. in between the tripping right. and, you know, setting an intention, and meditation and yoga and all that stuff um so they'd start with a uh, slower lower dose um and then they'd work their way up and sometimes by the time we would get to the end of the week some people were comfortable you know doing upwards it's eight to 
10 guava, uh, 12 grams wow. trips. Yeah. So there was some pretty very heavy experiences happening. Oh. And then in a group setting too, that is really an interesting thing to see. Um, a lot of like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to call it other than mystical and right. like telepathic things happening. Um, it's stuff I've never experienced since, but really cool to see how people transform throughout those 10 days. Yes. I mean, um, I think something like that just sounds so amazing because if, Mm. you know, and I wonder, so I've been learning a lot more about (laughs) psilocybin, obviously. Um, I was just curious. So we have our Cuban essence, which are, you know, the typical, um, so some varieties would be like penis envy, you know, Mm. hillbilly, all the fun stuff. And then I've been really learning about these exotic varieties, which I believe would be in Jamaica and, you know, Costa Rica and um, just, they look much different. So like, you know, you've got penis envy, which looks like a mushroom, right? (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And then these exotic mushrooms are much more lighter. They kind of look like alfalfa sprouts. I was just curious, do you remember were you chomping? Uh, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they were um, using, now I cannot, it's the B, I think they're oh. called B1. Or oh, maybe I could be wrong. Okay, I think I know. That that, yeah, it's a pretty common I think that's a, psilocybin mushroom, but they grow, they grew, so that retreat grew their own. Okay, mushroom. cool. Yeah, so they weren't, great. they weren't using anything like native to Jamaica or anything like that. Gotcha. They were just growing. Yeah, they had basically their own farm. Um, cause they were consuming, you know, uh, a lot. Um, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So I believe it's either the B1s or B9. I can't remember yeah. exactly what either way, strain they were using. But. I think it's B1 and I think it's a Cuban essence, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, but, um, so, so that's so great. And, um, you just, you were saying just some really kind of profound or, you know, you don't really have a word. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you get 20 people from all over the world, um, (laughs) get it coming together to do, you know, huge doses, it's going to interesting things are going to happen. And, um, you know, I never felt unsafe. I never felt like anyone was being unsafe. I mean, there was definitely some crazy things happening as far as like, you know, people having some very intense experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, you know, having some not so great experience, you know, going right. through some tough things. And I mean, that's the thing with mushrooms, in my opinion, is like mushrooms is different in this than the other psychedelics, in my opinion. In the sense that I think mushrooms is much more of a purging experience. Mm. Now, that's kind of the people are like, oh, I don't want to have a bad trip. I don't want to have a bad trip. I don't want to have a bad trip. Well, I don't think mushrooms cares. And I think that what needs to come out in a mushroom trip is what needs to come out. And sometimes that's ugly. Sometimes that's what needed to be purged. You know, it needed to be the anger needed to be exercised, the self-hatred needed to be exercised, the sick, some people get sick, throw up a lot. And mm. ancient cultures have been purging for, you know, that's like a very common spiritual practice right. for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And, you know, you are eating, you know, it's a poison. <laughs> I mean, it's poisoning you. That's what's happening. Um, so, and sometimes... 
that purge that needs to happen is bliss. You know, sometimes you have so much love and bliss that needs to be exercised out and needs to be let out. And I think that's when people are having those kind of trips, which are wonderful. They're amazing. I, um, yeah. I couldn't agree more. But I don't. Yeah. yeah. I think- and, you know, I know for myself and from seeing other people experiences, like some of those hard ones are the, in the long run, are the best trips that I've had. Exactly. You know, the ones where I'm like, feel like God is, you know, stomping on my head for 12 <laughs> hours. I... <laughs> I will it, although it sucks in in its in the moment mm. uh and you want to like you know call an ambulance or whatever but <laughs> once you get through it you know I've had those sort of some of the experiences that I've had where I'd be feeling good for six eight twelve months of having you know my anxiety cut in a third having much more connection with the people around me and those kinds of so have you so i was going to ask you so have you done so you've gone through this process of um you said you've had some like very uh enlightening experiences um are you continuing to use i mean psychedelics i well just to back up you know i my thing i knew i needed or wanted to stop drinking i was not just didn't like it in my life anymore and used microdosing to do so. Um, but even at that point it was all just, uh, recreational because I was thinking to myself, you know, I have the mushrooms are making me feel happy and safe and joyful. And, um, Mm -hmm. I was having just as much fun. So I was, you know, kind of just recreationally using, um, and then over the course of, I think a couple months, um, and I talk about this all the time, but it, it was like just one day <clears throat> I was feeling realized I was no really, no longer, well, what had happened actually, I'll tell you, I, I had a macro experience up in uh, Duluth, Minnesota. I don't know why that matters, but it kind of does. <laughs> and, uh, so when you say, you say macro, you mean like, uh, how many, how many grams did you do? Um, you know, at this stage, I was it was more of recreational for me, so I was uh, not really measuring much at all. Okay. Um, okay. So, but uh, there was, you know, a group of us, and I felt very comfortable. And um, what had happened? Yeah, that my profound experience was I during this trip was um, feeling like I was connecting uh, consciously with my grandparents and my grandpa, um, I, I must've been crying, I guess, but my grandpa was telling me, Maggie, you're not crying tears of sadness. These are tears of happiness. Mm -hmm. Like you look at your life now and see how much happier and healthier and and all that you are. And, um, Mm -hmm. it was true. And then he said, you've been, he was telling me you've been put here to share your story and to help as many people as you possibly can. So mm. that's what I do, try to do. But um, I think that, yeah, I at that from that point on, I realized, wow, this is such a magical substance. And I started to take, you know, using much more with intention after that because I just couldn't believe, like, you know, I didn't really recognize how depressed I was months before that, um, because I'd never been depressed and I don't really, um, 
you know, so it just was like this thing that was like, you know, evolving and I was slowly, but it took, <laughs> it took a big trip for me to like actually recognize, realize, like, holy cow, this has completely changed my mental health 180. Um, yeah, well. and so, yeah, I've just been, that's okay pretty much haven't been able to stop talking about it since. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a common thing for sure. Yeah, um, but I, you know, microdosing yeah. is um, something I do and I really enjoy, um, you know, I'm still learning so much about how, even though I, I'm an experienced microdoser, um, but it's just, Every week I'm talking and well, especially with this, you know, podcast, I'm just meeting so amazing, so many amazing people who are able to talk to me about microdosing and then also using other plant medicines that work together. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I, I like to have my macro experiences because I, I like to tell people that, um, those are probably the most uh, profound in my transformation. You know, I think mm -hmm. microdosing does wonders, but if you really want to get to the, the deep and the, get down to the nitty gritty and see what, you know, why am I an anxious person or why am I mm -hmm. depressed or what, you know, <clears throat> you have to be open and ready to take on, um, you know, it, whatever yeah. it is, like you were saying, what needs to come up or come out. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's interesting. I, um, two things. The first I had experience with a person who was tripping at the retreat who I was sitting with, who had done, I think she had, she was an older woman. She was probably in her almost seventies, maybe in her seventies. And she did, uh, I think she did 10 grams and he had an incredible experience where he wow. kind of reminds me of what you told me where she had a lot of guilt and regret for not having grandchildren, mm. something that she had kind of held against her children um, a lot and just had some anger about that. And then she had this trip and she had, she reported that she had like a full on lifetime experience with a granddaughter that she never actually had. You know, oh she had God. like this cosmic granddaughter experience for her trip. And she said it was it really changed the way she looked at her own life situation from then on. And as far as like um, knowing that consciousness is uh, tricky, <laughs> we'll say that right. in the sense yeah. that the, the sense that the structures that we put it in um, from our very limited perception, um, it's closes, closes us off and that really all of our, experiences and needs and wants can really be met with from within mm -hmm. and i thought that was really really cool and kind of reminded me of what you had just shared yeah. um that is i yeah i'm oh, sorry um but oh, you're just good. to add to that you know i um i um <laughs> have been starting I moved. yeah i hope it's my one and only moose that i know hi um anyway uh, what was I going to say? I have been so open with, um, things lately. So another thing I was going to tell you now that we're getting kind of, um, you know, with some of these stellar cosmic experiences, but yeah, I, I was mm -hmm. someone who 
I had an early miscarriage, and then um, when I was pretty another 23 weeks pregnant, I lost a baby boy. And so that was mm. pretty radical because, you know, you're <clears throat> over halfway along. Yeah. Um, yeah. But with some of my experiences, I feel like I have been able to connect with him, and it's been insane. Um, just mm. kind of... Um, <clears throat> popping up <laughs> he, he was a, he was it was um that same mystical experience i was talking with my grandparents um i was interacting and um you know it just sounds so crazy not interacting but just feeling like he knew who i was and he was proud of me and, and things like that it was really special um yeah, that's cool. and i liked you know it's hard I want to be able to talk about it, but I think there's so many just naysayers, you know, so, but I'm just sharing. Um, yeah, I think that's a big piece of helping me heal um, from that traumatic experience um, and just feeling just a, a little bit happier or, you know, well-being about the situation. Um, I now have a beautiful daughter who's my little angel. So, you know, but it's just yeah. that stuff still happened and I still need, need you know, healing from it, right? So yeah, that's one sure. thing that <clears throat> psilocybin has really taught me is, you know, everybody has traumas, huge, mm -hmm. small, you know, but it, it, it can be anything. You can be, you know, we have traumas every day and um if, yeah. you're, if you're not dealing and you're suppressing um that's when other forms of um behavior start to evolve right so yeah and i do think too like kind of what we're dancing around is this idea of being connected and being connected into um i mean i i think what's happening is that we are part of the ultimate consciousness right so all the stuff that we're tapping into it's all there it's all there so whether that's dead loved ones whether it's people that are still alive whether it's relationships that you have terminated like it's all still able to tap into that and tap into that place mm -hmm. um which i find really interesting and then on top of all of that you know i think what i mean it's sounds kind of harsh to people that have had major traumas in their lives including i've had mine own as well and like I, I don't know if you've experienced this but it's a common thing that i've seen and a common thing that i've experienced it's what they call mushrooms the cosmic joker where all of these heavy melodramatic things in our lives that we hold as like wow this is like a, something that happened to me this is like uh a terrible trauma that it's affecting me and it's hurting me right mm. and like that very like old egoic like i i i think and i think what mushrooms has shown me in the past and i've seen it with other people is that consciousness is so much bigger than that and that mm. they call it a cosmic joke because like i've seen people are having huge trips that are just laughing they're just laughing at all of the horrible things that happen to them because in the face of pure consciousness, in the face of all of existence, it's really small. Sure. And, I, I love how you're saying yeah. that. I, I, this exactly did happen to me, really. Um, because, mm. you know, especially at the time, uh, you know, when you're trying to conceive and, and have a baby, 
Um, mm-hmm. It seems like everybody else and their mother literally is. <laughs> uh, so you go to Target, you go everywhere and you see all the moms and the kit. And it's so easy to just sit there and be like, oh, my gosh, why me? Why? You know, and it, mm-hmm. and it's I, I know everybody probably does it. But then years later, yeah, then you literally when I'm tripping balls, <laughs> sitting there kind of feeling silly <laughs> about like why, you know, it, it it is what it is and and why isn't that special you know like because it's beyond in my new frame of thinking like it's beyond this world so yeah maybe Mm -hmm. um I had to name my baby his name is baby will um Mm -hmm. you know maybe it it it, it gives me hope for uh (laughs) that there it is is just it it definitely is more than here right so that I mean yeah I don't know, but it's just, um, it helps. Yes. We're all connected. We all, um, you know, bad things happen all day, every day. And I think it, Mm -hmm. it's a medication or tool that helps you to stay grounded and, um, and just kind of let this overwhelming sense of terribleness kind of melt, um, because you're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're picturing yourself or realizing that this is life, right? And it's not just you. Yeah, and that little tiny. It, well, that and yeah, and that you're gonna be okay. Ultimately, right, you're right, gonna right, be right. okay. That's always that's always the message. Ultimately, it's like you are going to be okay. You are part of the one. You are. Mm-hmm. There's a part of you that doesn't die. That isn't born. There's a part of you that can't be hurt. It's that that I think is what the message ultimately comes down to. Right. Right. Yeah. Well. Do you guys mind catch it? We have a couple of listener questions. Do you want to? Yeah, yeah, of course. Can we ask you guys? Because Maggie, this is one for you, I think, kind okay. of. So, yeah. what do you consider a normal a normal macro dose? Well, okay, or both of you. Ten sounds like a lot. Wow. What is a normal? That is a lot. <laughs> yeah. What is a normal micro dose? One six. Ma- macro. Macro. Well, he asked about both. Okay. Basically. Well, I. You know, again, I'm not an expert, but I like to tell people that when you're looking to experiment or whatever with a macro dose, you would be around three, three and a half grams. Um, And then I think that we have a whole nother level, which people now coin as like a hero's dose or, um, and that's when you're looking to be up in, you know, seven, eight, nine, (laughs) ten grams. Um, but I, I have this conversation a lot because so many people are interested in, you know, having their first macro, where should I start? I say around three, three and a half grams, um, just from, that's what I read from Paul Stamets and, um, other, my lovely psychedelic coach, Emily Silker, she would probably say the same. Um, any thoughts on that, Steve? (laughs) Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's generally a good rule of thumb uh, for the macro dose. You know, three and a half is a good place. To, if you're trying to have a larger experience, it's a good place to start. I think that it's, there's just so many other variables. That's the mm-hmm. issue, you know. Um, so it is really different for everybody else. And seeing like that at the, at the psilocybin retreats, you know, there'd be certain people who would need two and a half grams to hey, get to the same place but do you, that someone who's taking eight grams of that. So it's, it's, it varies from person to person. I, for myself, I'm very pretty sensitive to it. So anything 
I don't really need to take much more than maybe four grams to have a pretty profound experience. Gotcha. Um, or there's other people that need more than that. So right, um, I'm in the same boat. Kind of have to a little bit of trial and error, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm kind of in the same boat, um, but I think I just wanted to touch on this retreat experience that you, that you were um, there for. Perhaps the people were able to be having, you know, upwards of eight, 10 grams on their second or third trip of the week. You know what I'm saying? Because I think mm-hmm. your, your levels are kind of maxed out and, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. but again, I don't know, <laughs> but I think when you're, yeah, in, absolutely. yeah, I think when you're in a setting yeah. like that too, you're, you're like, I'm in Jamaica, damn it. I'm give me, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. versus I'm in, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't suggest people you know without having a facilitator or somebody with you um or somebody that's not already pretty experienced to just take 10 grams <laughs> i don't right. i don't suggest that at all um <laughs> okay good. yeah no um, yeah I, I think that that's a that's a very much a thought out commitment and that's very much getting your set and setting right and when you say set that means your mind too you know you really need to have your mind in the right place um, uh, ooh. Yeah. Okay. Gabe is asking us, how often are you able to have profound mushroom trips? Well, I think again, it's all what your intentions are. So if you're hoping to have a profound experience and um, you are equipped with the medicine and I don't know what else you might need to have what is a profound experience for you, you yeah. know, I think it's all... I think you can, it can happen quite often <laughs> or whenever, when, yeah. when you just mean, do you like burn it out? Like, I mean, is there any kind of thing where you go, like, you got to space it out every month or something like that to really get what you want out of it? I'm just curious. I think, yeah, I think definitely. Go ahead. Sorry. I definitely, I think if you're having a profound experience one, then you might need to take the next couple weeks to kind of reflect and say, that was so profound. Um, you know, you don't want to just, um, and I, I think it affects your, I hate trying to pretend like I know anything, but I, I think it affects your levels. So you do need to, you know, take some time in between, especially, you know, macro trips. Microdosing is a yeah. completely different story, I think, on that. Yeah, I would agree. I think that the big thing is integration. Are you able to integrate? what you are experiencing in those experiences and grounding yourself in this reality, which is ultimately needs to be done. And I think where people do get have issues is when they're not integrating, when they're not grounding themselves in between large trips. And there, I mean, let's be honest, like there are people that have had put themselves in some pretty serious, um, manic state, mm-hmm. you know, um, people that have, themselves in some places that are not great without integrating and without grounding themselves in the here and now um so yeah i mean it's it's still things like it's something that needs to be taken very seriously and needs to be you know diligent about what and being conscious of why you're doing it and what you're doing it for i think hey i have a question for you back to the retreat um how was it how was it determined what people were going to start with? 
did they kind of start small and, and grow? Yeah, yeah. So usually the first day would be anywhere from maybe a gram to three grams maybe even on the left, actually, I mean, more like closer to a gram. And then we kind of were able to see how people handled it and where they were at comfort wise. And then the next trip, they were, if they wanted to, they could go up a little higher, maybe three, four, and then see how that goes. And then, yeah, on the final trip, they would go about, you know, anywhere from five to 10 to 12 for some people. Gotcha. Um, well, that all sounds amazing. I mean, the Jamaica part too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fun. So the moose—it looks like Moose Man Shoes had a few different questions that we haven't gotten to. Yeah, so. I was just gonna say that. So he's asked, "Do you have any opinion on the best way to consume the medicine, tea versus capsules, or some other way?" I, I've got some chocolates. Well, I'm gonna answer yeah. that because I know Moose, and Moose, I think the best way it's gonna go down. Well, for you, do you? <laughs> okay, you can eat them raw, but that is. Uh, not very disgusting special um but if you you know use the coffee grinder and you grind those babies up and capsules are great because you can keep on top of your exact measurements but if you know mm -hmm. the amount that you have in a grounded you know form of powder i really like you know putting it on top of some yogurt maybe with some fruit just get it down the hatch you know um but if anytime you're getting the psilocybin is getting wet or sitting in some sort of liquid or food. You're going to want to eat it um, relatively soon. We don't, because I think it loses, I don't know. That was something that Cameron had told me. So <laughs> smoothies are great. Smoothies are great. Sorry, Steve. Yeah. And I was just saying, uh, like, you let it sit, like, in wet, there's a better chance that you're going to get sick, you know, like, yeah. mess, your, mess your stomach up. Um, yeah, the cap that's capsules is the way they do it in Jamaica. That's how they do it. I mean, I think that's good for large doses too. Like you said, you can keep track of what you're taking and, mm -hmm. um, easy to swallow and all that. But, I do but as far as the experience, experience itself, I don't really think it makes a whole lot of difference. I mean, if you, if tea, I, I have found that tea will make the whole experience go faster. Mm -hmm. They'll come up faster. The uh, whole experience itself will, a bit more intense but it won't last as quite as long right so. yeah i've heard that or experienced that too i think it comes on faster with tea and then doesn't last as long for whatever reason but i was going to say if you're going to be macroing or you know having let's say four grams of capsules i think that would be awfully difficult for you like you might have <laughs> like a big gelatin ball in your stomach so i i would measure that out or know your mm. your amount and then you know somehow put it in a smoothie or with your food or something like that because i do think that um having too many of those capsules and and then your body's got to break that stuff down right to get to the psilocybin i don't know just an just a thought for me yeah but um yeah thank you Moose, Again. for your questions i'm dying to ask this question about the like what type because so steve was on my podcast a couple like when he was doing this freshly and I was convinced, mm -hmm. so I'm divorced, and I was convinced mm -hmm. by listening to him that that actually, if we had done that, that it truly, like, could have saved it, like, had a good chance. It just seemed like a perfect thing that we needed. Do you see a certain dynamic between couples that you think mushrooms is particularly helpful for? Like, a certain way, like, and I don't know what I'm asking. I'm just saying, like, do you see 
couples who do this, they come out of it really well. Whereas couples who have this problem, like, hey, she cheated on me, doing all the mushrooms in the world isn't going to help this dude. You know what I mean? Like, are, are there any things that you've noticed just anecdotally? Yeah, I mean, I that's a good question. I, you know, we had couple, you know, the, like the retreat, it wasn't specifically for couples. You know, that's not what it was designed for. Um, oh, we did have couples that, no, we did have couples that came. Um, and they would trip <laughs> separately. So, but we did see um a heavier connection though i would say that for sure as throughout the week went you know but that was that wasn't just people that were actually together it was also people who were there alone and had a spouse um or a significant other that you know throughout the week you would notice that they were being softer um and you could see that like the levels of empathy have risen and the levels of wanting to connect with their spouse um, had increased. I've definitely seen that. And I've seen it in my own relationships, too, where those heavier doses will definitely put me in a place of, like, seeing somebody else's... You know, when you're, like, in a relationship, you you get caught up in your own, like, what you need and want from the person, and they're not giving it to you, and this and that and the other thing. And that stuff just kind of... I think that stuff lives in that egoic structure of your mind. That's like your conditioned mind. And when you're doing psilocybin or other psychedelics, that's pulling you out of that conditioned mind. And I think that's giving you a new perspective on the people in your life and looking at them as their own entity and not so much of like what they're doing for me. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. No, it does. And I have a question for both of you. Do both of you, because Steve, that's how I perceive you actually, is, is that you you have softened and become more loving and open. You know, like, I mean, it's been a very positive transformation. Not that you're some asshole beforehand, but, you know, <laughs> like, like, I mean, genuinely, like, it's been a very good year, like, in your body, you know, in a different way, right? And yeah. Maggie, do you feel like... I guess the question I was going to drive at is, do you think it's better for empathy or for self-love mushroom? That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> you know, at first I thought it was, um, well, I'm an empath and I feel, <laughs> I don't know. I definitely think it for the average person, it provides, uh, yeah, another perspective and helps them to have more empathy um, toward others um in general and i've really been trying to kind of dig deeper with um the self love aspect because yes i think ultimately you know i had like self destruction tendencies for years um you're in good company yeah and uh, um we've talked about that and it's like i think it for me it's, it's just easier to just choose that you know the self-destruction route, um, because otherwise you got to change or do something else, you know, that's not comfortable. (laughs) So at the, you know, in retrospect, I, um, really do believe, yes, the self-love and self-worth. And I, I think it's also things that you can grow on, you know, and I'm hoping to, because I think, um, yeah, it, it, it really does, 
slowly for me, it's really helped me really kind of like myself, which is a newer thing for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, hey, that's my biggest struggle. So <laughs> liking you. No, oh, <laughs> no, God. myself, myself. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, no, I was totally joking. You comics. Yes, I know. And, and then I've got one more, if you guys don't mind getting a little hippy dippy or weird with it. But uh, I love Maggie it. has talked a couple times about, you know, like interacting with departed loved ones. Right. Mm. And that is like mm. so heavy. So first of all, Steve, have you dealt with that? And then second of all, two-parter would be, what do you guys think that is? Do you think that it's the actual entity or do you believe it's like your consciousness healing yourself, like kind of presenting that to yourself? And I don't want to diminish your experience with that. I'm just curious, or I hope you understand how I'm asking. Who's going first, Steve? Go ahead, Mary. Okay. Well, yeah, I, you know, I'm just thinking back when we had Dr. Rachel Allen and she'll, her episode will be coming along here soon. Um, you know, I think she has more of a realistic response to that. Um, where it's like, we, everything is kind of like manifested in life. So if this was something, you know, if I was really hoping to, you know, connect with my grandfather, which of course I would be, you know, it's just a, it's a kind of this thing that I've manifested or believed that could happen or something. And when the experience was happening, it's not like, you know, it's so hard to explain. It was just like these messages and met that were sent to me and that I was listening to right or seeing and and things and i didn't see him physically or anything it's all all, all in my head no this is all in my head oh so no there's no dead grandpa no it's like just this feeling that you know it was so weird because he was kind of on this side and then i had that's my maternal grandparents and then my um dad's mother was kind of over here but it was just in my head so um, the weirdest part for me, because when I when I laughed or they would laugh at me and I could like like if I was talking, my grandma said she goes, I didn't realize how funny you were, blah, blah, blah. And we all laughed. It was like I could feel us laughing. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but it was just my I have no clue. Um, but it, you know, it was more or less messages and little visions. And the whole time my eyes are closed and it's the visual oh, ouch, that you're seeing. Okay. <laughs> I closed my eyes again. Um, the visuals that you're seeing um, with your eyes closed, right? Yeah. Um, so that's... Do you, like, do you feel, though, that those messages came from them in your mind? I mean... <clears throat> I, I mean, and it doesn't matter. I'm just kind of, like, curious how it feels. It definitely felt that all of the messages were coming from them. The conversation, not a conversation again, but the messages that were coming from my grandfather were just the craziest things. Um, I don't really want to talk about it. Let me know that somebody in my family might need help. And then um, the next day I got a phone call from said family member. I mean, just crazy. Yeah. And so that's why I... It's more than just, you know, that it, it was just, and then again, I keep telling this part, but um, 
after my big profound first experience, it was two days later that Minneapolis, you know, it was announced that it was deprioritized psilocybin and psychedelics. So I thought that was all playing, you know, for me, it was just, yeah, rainbows and butterflies. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I want to hear about you, Steve. Have you connected with any people? Um, (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, I wouldn't say like a human it's not like a human connection as far as like, oh, this person was uh, an ancestor or something like that. <clears throat> it's not it's not that that I've connected with. It's been more of this idea of like all of consciousness. Mm. And it's not so defined into an entity necessarily. It's more just tapping into this sense that you're a part of all of it. And then within all of that is, you know, people that have passed away, um, people that haven't been born yet, <laughs> all kinds of, mm-hmm. and even aliens for that matter. Um, you know, alien sort of consciousness is something that I feel on a pretty regular basis when I trip. Um, I have a very strong feeling that there were, there is, um, some other sort of dimension. being dimension yeah yeah exactly gotcha. and um not something that i totally understand really uh or i doubt that i would ever even be able to understand it but there is this like larger force that i feel and mushrooms has always felt very alien to me a very alien almost like reptilian kind of feel to it uh, where acid, on the other hand, has always felt very like um, space, very spacey. Wow, opposite for me. Digital, very mm-hmm. digital space. Same with uh, um, <clears throat> ketamine. Ketamine is the same thing. Feels very, very digital. Oh wow! Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Maggie, can I ask that question about him being on stage with it? Oh yeah, Gabe has a because it, I mean, it kind of goes back to the show, and we're we're well over yeah, an hour yeah. here, yeah. so we should probably wrap up. But what? Um, so you're you're using that on stage regularly. I've taken um, MDMA by accident um, <laughs> and had to perform on it once, and it was actually that's how I always take Molly. <laughs> I was terrified, and it it was great. It was like a great set, uh, you know. But I've never had yeah. the guts to like necessarily like try it again. What, how do you, like, what are you doing when you do that? And how does it change? Well, well, I think earlier on, it was more of like, oh, I'm already oh, I'm on the road all the time. I'm kind of uh, getting in a very stagnant place on stage or, you know, just drug abuse, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that sort of evolved into like, whoa, hold on a second. Something's actually happening here. Like some creative pathways are opening up. I'm really putting together some different things with it when I have been on these substances um, and it's become like not something I want to rely on you know I really do try to focus on being sober on stage for good stretches of time but then from time to time and then I'll, you know definitely on the dose show um, I like to experiment because I do feel like it opens up some new you know connections for me and I'm able to tie things in that I would or I hadn't thought of before or how, you know, I'm like, oh, this chunk kind of fits in this way. And like, oh, I really like how I said that. It just kind of makes the words come a little bit easier. 
Um, and I have had, you know, like I did a festival last year. Uh, it was like a mini burn burning man festival in Arizona. And I went on stage and took four hits, four full hits of Molly right when I got on stage in front of the audience, uh, and then did an hour of comedy. And that was, sorry, my phone just rang. Um, that was like a transcending experience. I mean, it was, I, I, I can't even really explain what that was like. And like, I had so many people coming up to me after that show that were like saying, you know, how connected they felt and how they felt like I put them under a spell for an hour and just like kind of really wow. cool mystical wow. things happening. Yeah. And it's not something like, listen, I'm not going to go take four hits of Molly and go on at a comedy club. That's not, you know what I mean? Like, it's set and setting is very important in that way. Um, but yeah, I think that something's happening. Something's happening when um, the audience is on in a psychedelic state and the performers in a psychedelic state. And if people can keep their minds open enough and let go of their kind of misconceptions of what things have to be, um, some really cool, magical things can happen. Wow, I couldn't agree more, and I'm so appreciative of you uh, for putting this out there to the people because I think it's so true, you know? I mean, especially uh, for those who choose not to consume alcohol, um, it's op another option for, mm -hmm. you know, someone to feel like they can enjoy themselves and be a part of, and I'm not... You know, do you serve alcohol at your shows? Not that that matters, but I'm sure you do, right? Or um, I mean, it, it depends on the venue. Oh, um, okay. Like at at face, um, you know, it's a it's a brewery, so I'm sure they'll be serving beer for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I know for I know Gabe has experienced this as well. Or like this is kind of what I tell people who are, you know, like oh my god, you're gonna do have people on psychedelics at your show? That's gonna be insane. It's like. Gotcha. Not nearly as insane as making everyone drink multiple drinks. Try <laughs> <laughs> to sit through a comedy show and then drive home in their car. Like it's, just, I don't understand. Like there's such yes. a there's such a blind spot when people talk about these sort of things where they're like, "Oh God, it's so dangerous!" Like every club is just over serving everyone. You can like they'll, they'll if you buy ten drinks, they'll they'll give you ten drinks, yeah. and like that's gonna that's way more dangerous and disruptive than and disconnecting than anyone ever showing up on a gram of mushrooms you know what i'm saying couldn't agree more i love it um yeah. i'm getting the sign from gabe we're gonna wrap up here and uh so let's march you have to make that public but yeah. sisyphus, <laughs> Sis, sisyphus brewery march 9th sisyphus, sisyphus brewery it's in uh minneapolis um, if that looks like Gabe's got it down there at sisyphusbrewing.com. Um, yeah, it's the show starts at eight. Um, I mean, but the, you know, it's the venue's open all day. So if you want to come down, we're going to have the DJ playing. I believe there's going to be Big Psych, Big Psych Minneapolis yep. is going to be down there. Uh, somebody that Gabe has helped us connect with. They're going to have a booth down there. Um, and yeah, like uh, we're going to be hanging out. So the come down, have some fun. Maybe. Yeah, I think Maggie said she was gonna come. I'm gonna come. Yeah. I gotta get my booth. I'm I gotta get my booth together. It's but... a great comedy room too. It's a great Super. room. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I'm excited and I really appreciate 
you and your time and it was a little bit of a scramble today so thanks viewers for <laughs> putting up with us but i appreciate you i can't wait um and good luck with the show feb 22 in seattle thanks Steve. all right thank you very much all right bye, thanks, Steve. okay later bye thank you everyone for tuning in it was a fun one. Please check out uh, Sisyphus Brewery. And so you can learn more about the show, what, The Dose, The Dose, March the dose. 9th. Doors open at 7. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers, mates. <laughs> <laughs>